16th Sunday in Ordinary Time Prayer Psalm 86 For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call on you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my cry of supplication. All nations you have made shall come and bow down before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name, for you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God, but you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Tend to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant. Save the child of your saving girl. Reading the Word First reading Wisdom of Solomon, Chapter 12 For neither is there any God besides you, whose care is for all people, to whom you should prove that you have not judged unjustly. For your strength is the source of righteousness, and your sovereignty over all causes you to spare all. For you show your strength when people doubt the completeness of your power, and you rebuke any insolence among those who know it. Although you are sovereign in strength, you judge with mildness, and with great forbearance you govern us. For you have power to act whenever you choose. Through such works, you have taught your people that the righteous must be kind, and you have filled your children with good hope, because you give repentance for sins. Second reading, Romans chapter 8. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the spirit, because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Gospel Matthew chapter 13 Jesus put before them, Another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. 
Hearing the word. God's patience. The world is not a perfect place and neither is the Christian community. Some question why God allows the troublemakers, the unrighteous and the wicked to exist and negatively affect others and the world. The answer to such questions provided by today's liturgy is simple. God is patient. In the final part of the Book of Wisdom, the author reflects on the various ways in which God's wisdom operated in the history of Israel. He focuses on the Exodus and the journey of Israel through the deserts towards the Promised Land. Once there, the Israelites encountered the native inhabitants called Canaanites who, unaware of God's ways, lived in utter wickedness, committing such crimes as killing children for sacrifice to their gods and eating human flesh. Their wrongdoings were the direct reason for God's decision to remove them and give their country to His faithful people. As enemies of God and strangers to God's way, they were to lose their land. This difficult message, however, needs further comment and explanation. First, the author affirms that God has the autonomy and authority to act as He wills. As we read today, God does not have to explain His actions and judgments to anyone, and there is no God besides Him. Yet God does not take delight in displaying his powers and does not use his strength capriciously. He acts with righteousness and uses his overwhelming power only when people doubt, reject, or question his authority as the one true God. Second, although sovereign over all creation, God acts with moderation. The author states that, Although you are sovereign in strength, you judge with mildness and with great forbearance you govern us. Restraint and moderation in the use of absolute power reveals a patient and kind God who is neither capricious nor vicious. Furthermore, God's gentleness and patience extends even to those wicked inhabitants of the land stated in wisdom. Instead of destroying them suddenly and definitely with a single blow, God was lenient, giving them both the time and the possibility to come to recognize Him as the true God and amend their wicked ways. The author concludes that God's lenience and patience with the wicked is a lesson for the righteous. Like God, they must treat each other with patience, meditating on God's mercy and patience. In the second reading of last Sunday, we read about the longing for the fullness of life, which awaits the faithful in eternity. Paul continues this reflection, stating that, In hope we were saved. Romans chapter 8. Being saved in hope means that salvation, 
has already been accomplished through the death and resurrection of Jesus. However, its completion still lies in the future, because not all of its effects are felt and visible. There is still sin, death, and evil to confront before the salvation process will be completed at Christ's parousia. Christians are on the way, but they are not there yet, which Paul acknowledges, writing that, if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Romans chapter 8 This situation leads the Apostle to look at the Holy Spirit and the role the Spirit plays. He states that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Weakness is a fair description of the human experience in the present world, where our bodies are still subject to sin, decay and death. One aspect of this weakness is our inability to pray. That is the difficulty with coming into close contact with God. In this situation of weakness and isolation from God, the Spirit comes to help through intercession with sighs too deep for words. Paul refers to the Spirit's work within the innermost part of a human being, which makes his or her prayer, though at times unarticulated, effective and powerful. This prayer is effective because the Spirit, knowing God intimately, aligns the faithful's prayer with God's will. And God who knows the Spirit intimately approves this prayer since it is delivered according to His will. This somewhat complicated argument makes a simple point. God Himself enables the faithful to pray effectively through the action of His Spirit. God knows full well that human beings are burdened and isolated from Him because of their earthly limitations and weaknesses. Yet being ultimately patient, God sends the Spirit to draw them to Himself in prayer as they patiently wait for the fullness of salvation. Instead of being frustrated with human infirmity, God patiently reaches out to His creatures, accompanying them on the long journey towards heaven. In the Gospel, we read yet another parable which utilizes an agricultural setting. Similarly to last Sunday, the main attention rests on the seed being sown. However, today we have only one soil and the difference lies in the seed. We have two kinds of seeds, wheat and weeds, two sowers, the master and the enemy, and two possible actions letting everything grow or destroying the weeds. The master sows the good seed which becomes nourishing wheat, while the enemy sows the bad seed which grows to be weeds. The result is a mixed field of good and bad plants. Still the master God does not permit the early destruction of the useless weeds, but commands that separation of the two kinds of plants should wait until the final harvest. God allows his field to be a mixed assemble of the good and the bad. The parable applies to and illustrates the situation of the Methian community and in fact 
every Christian community ever since as a mixed collection of the good and the wicked, the kind and the arrogant, the helpful and the harmful. The parable teaches that God allows and tolerates such a situation at least for the time being. The reason for such tolerance is to give a chance for change and patience to those who need it. The righteous must accept this state of affairs and be patient, imitating God's patience, in order to give a chance for the wicked to amend their ways. Today's liturgy presents God who is patient. The author of the Book of Wisdom teaches that Despite his unlimited power and sovereignty, God acts with patience and moderation, even towards his enemies. Paul alludes to God's patience with human limitations while helping his faithful to remain in union with himself by sending the Holy Spirit to sustain them in prayer. Matthew explains that a Christian community contains the good and the wicked, and all in between these two opposites, because God wishes that all should coexist till the end. The common theme that runs through all this reading is that of God's patience with the wicked aimed at providing the possibility for repentance. God is patient so that the weeds might become more like wheat. The psalmist understood this well when he described God as slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Listening to the Word of God Today's liturgy summons us to reflect on the theme of God's patience and tolerance towards us. Jesus saw it fit to use parables to put across the message about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is prepared for all people. For the reason that God created every human being in his own image and likeness. God desires that everyone be saved and live with him eternally. However, everyone is also free either to accept his invitation or not. Yet choices do not come easily and are often difficult to make. The good news is that God is willing to wait for our response. A few points will help us to absorb the message about God's patience. In African culture, the elders also use proverbs, stories, and parables to teach, convince, and above all, give advice and communicate their wisdom. Jesus also used a parable of wheat and weed, coexisting in one field to make us understand that God patiently waits for sinners to come to their senses and make amends in order to be fruitful, like wheat, and not useless and harmful, like the weed. God created us in his image and likeness. He continues to feel unconditional love for each one of us. As we live in an imperfect world, and we ourselves are imperfect, God is a patient sower who continues to sow his seed in our hearts through his word. However, there is another sower 
one who sows the bad seed to transform us into harmful weeds. Our hearts are like the field in which both of these seeds grow. While we will never be completely rid of the weeds within us, we have to be able to cultivate those seeds which will make such fruits as love, peace, joy, and self-control. We have the power to keep on watering and nurturing those good seeds so that they grow faster and taller than the bad seeds and overshadow such fruits of bad seeds as malice, envy, jealousy, hatred, and gossip. And the best water and fertilizer for the good seed within us is the word of God, prayer, and charity. Today's liturgy teaches us that it is God's business to know who is in or out of God's kingdom. We do not know or decide who will be saved and enter heaven. It is beyond us to determine how God judges good and wicked people, or whether they will be welcomed or rejected. We often behave like the community of Matthew, attempting to purify our community by forcefully uprooting the bad seed. Yet doing so, we might do more harm than good. Jesus urges us to be cautious when it comes to judgment, punishment, and exclusion. All too often, we make hasty moves, judging this or that person to be a bad seed without the proper understanding of what is really going on. God's example teaches us the patience that we need to show in dealing with others. There is a big difference between condemnation and calling for responsibility. As Christians, we certainly cannot be indifferent in the face of wrongs and evil in our midst. But at the same time, we need to be patient and tolerant. It is very difficult to know how to find the balance between the two. Therefore, we need the guidance of the Holy Spirit to make us sensitive and patient on the one hand and righteous and firm on the other, so as not to allow evil to dominate our communities. To be patient like God means to have patience with ourselves and not allow our weaknesses to overcome and depress us, because these are just unavoidable. It also means that we have to be patient with others and with kind patient, avoid condemning them for their wrongs while offering help to grow as good plants. Do not blame God for having created a tiger, but thank Him for not having given it wings. Action Self-examination What are the weaknesses and faults in myself that I dislike most? Am I patient enough not to allow these to depress and dominate me? How do I think about and treat the wrongdoers in my community? Response to God I make a personal commitment 
that in the coming week I will be patient with and accepting of my own weaknesses and of those who make me angry and upset. Response to your world In response to my world, I will purify my heart by not harboring evil thoughts in my mind and by going to the sacrament of confession if I have been filled with anger thoughts either against myself or another person. As the group, we think of the situation or people we need to be patient with. How are we going to respond to these in order to show both patience and resolve to correct the wrongs? Merciful and gracious God, we thank you for forgiving us our sins and being patient with us. Your care and abounding steadfast love extend equally to all human beings, good and evil alike. Grant us the Holy Spirit so that we may be patient and tolerant with one another, and may the Spirit guide us to walk along the path to your kingdom. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.